from Television City in Hollywood. Kitty Pot is here. Alright, we don't need to hear any more of that tribe. Welcome to episode 95, the Christmas slash holiday slash Hanukkah slash Kwanzaa slash solstice slash fill-in winter holiday here episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. The holliest and jolliest and most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, as always, is Jason Bullet. Too sweet to be sour, Jack. And this is our last episode of 2019, our holiday special, if you will. So get ready for a lot of Yuletide merrymaking coming right into your ear holes. But let's get to the social media plug before we get to any of the holiday festivities. Spiked eggnog, no spiked eggnog, whatevs. You can follow me on Twitter, and by me I mean this podcast at keep underscore podcast. Civilian Instagram feed is jason underscore 51838. There's also the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page, and that's where you can go. You can also listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, five-star rating, good write-up. That helps me out. I'm now on Anchor FM. At least they host the podcast anyway. So I'm back on Spotify, but you can also hear me on Google Podcasts, on the TuneIn app. I'm still on Podbean for now. That's going to change late in this coming year. And I certainly hope that this is an... Uh, holiday season that finds you well. Start or stop there, never mind. That finds you in a good position in your life, a good headspace. And I certainly wish all of you a happy and safe holiday season as we get things going. I'm taking a little break from podcasting after this episode. Episode 96 will be coming at you in the year ahead. So, well, early on at least. So, look forward to that. I know this is an episode that's going to be full of jolly and merriment, usually commensurate with the holiday season. Sorry for using the $20 words there. But I do have to, unfortunately, put on the sad shoes. I forgot to mention this in one of the previous episodes. And this is a local story, local meaning New York's capital region. But I do have to recognize the passing of Ed Dagg. Ed Dagg, for many years, was the primary evening anchor at our NBC affiliate, WNYT, News Channel 13. Dag retired in 2003 after a progressive form of arthritis forced him into retirement. And unfortunately, it was the arthritis that got him the Sunday before Thanksgiving. He was 76 years old. Very sad to hear that bit of news. Also, I heard recently that Danny Aiello, great actor, had passed on in 2019. Actually, he passed away this year. He's one of the Great obits of 2019. We'll revisit them again when we get to episode 119. Should we get there? And I remember seeing him in one movie. It was Do the Right Thing. I remember being in Roy Vestrich's film class, Intro to Film Studies, and one of the movies we saw was Spike Lee's 1989 classic, Do the Right Thing. He played the pizza owner. He played the owner of the pizza shop. That was a great performance. So rest in peace, Ed Dagg. Rest in peace, Danny Aiello. By the way, the guy was uncle of Michael Kay, the radio voice, well, one-time radio voice, now television voice of the New York Yankees on the Yes Network. Took a little leave of absence because his throat was shot. Let Ryan Rucco take over. 
So rest in peace to both, especially around Christmas time. Tough losing a family member, especially this time of year, getting close to Christmas. All right, back to the good side here. I have some friends of the show who have lined up holiday greetings for you, and they wanted to pass along their wishes, not just me, as this is our last episode before Christmas and last episode of 2019 and the 2010s. Hard to believe, isn't it? And here comes one of them now. Police take notice. JB, just wanted to wish you, your family, and all your listeners a happy holiday and happy new year. God bless. That was Derek Pedrick. Go back to episode 76 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. Well, let's go to Podbean. That's where the archives are. I'll have to re-release that sometime soon. Derek had a great interview. We have, we were in a loud bar at uh, Saratoga. We were at Harvey's. Went upstairs and shot the shit. It was quite an episode. And I want to thank Derek for spreading his well wishes. I certainly wish his family all the best during the holiday season in the year ahead. There will be more sprinkled about this episode and hopefully our two guests will be spreading their Christmas cheer later on I'm kind of playing this by ear here we're not sure who we're going to have this could be another solo ride but let's not make it a blue Christmas I want to get a serious word in about drunk driving especially during this holiday season when all of you are going to be going to friends parties and and you're going to be you know doing a little you know tipping back you know the risk of drunk driving you could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed. And the monetary expense, holy moly, don't even think about it. On average, a DUI could set you back $10,000 in attorney's fees, fines, court costs, lost time at work, higher insurance rates, car towing, this, that, and the other. If you're caught drinking and driving, you could face jail time. Imagine trying to explain that to your friends and family or your place of employment when that gets out. Drinking and driving could cause you to lose your driver's license and your vehicle. This could inhibit you from getting to work, resulting in lost wages, and potentially job loss, as I mentioned earlier. And if that wasn't enough to convince you not to get behind the wheel after you've had more than a snootful, let me give you some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day due to alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That averages out to one person every 50 minutes, 5-0. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by one-third in the last three decades, they still claim over 10,000 lives every year. Now, for those of you who like token it up, you don't want to do it either. Let me give you some statistics for that. In 2015, 42% of drivers killed in such crashes tested positive for drugs. Not so harmless after all, is it? And not only that, between 2007 and 2015, marijuana use among drivers killed in crashes doubled. All I'm trying to say is the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different. If you feel as though you've gotten high off of drugs or you drank too much, have a plan to celebrate. Remember, that's never okay to drink and drive. Even if you've had only one alcoholic beverage, designate a sober driver or plan to use public transportation or a car sharing service or anything of that nature to get home safely. Even if you have to call a cab like back in the day before all these car sharing services came in. If available, use your community's sober ride program wherever you are. If you see a drunk driver on the road, contact your local law enforcement. If you have a friend who is about to get behind the wheel after having more than a snootful, Take the keys away and make arrangements to get your friend home safely. This is a public service announcement from the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. Hey, this is Frank from Franklin Alley Social Club and Talk House down in Troy. Just wanted to wish everyone uh, for the Keep It To Yourself podcast a uh, happy holidays. Congrats, Jason, on uh, going another year. Can't wait for 2020. 
Before we take our over-the-shoulder look glance back at 1995, I just want to give you an update on the Super 6 pigskin picks. I had another clandestine week, which turned out to be the last one. I was hitting and getting, for the most part. In the clandestine week, I finished 1-1 one one straight up. Another crappy week against the spread, 0-2, but I was hitting the over-unders, especially in that 49er Saints game where I hit the over before halftime. So, final record for the 2019 season... I finished 34 and 17 straight up, 22 and 34 against the spread, 4 and 2 over under. And now, let us go back to the year 1995 ever so briefly. Well, with that out of the way, we now take a look back at the year 1995 ever so briefly, as this is episode number 95 of the Kitty Pod. And a big year for news, the top story that year, the bombing of the Alfred E. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. 168 people were killed as a result, scores more wounded. It was a tragic event. I remember where I was when that happened. I was at Disney World with my mom, God rest her soul. Happy holidays, by the way, in heaven. We were at Disney World. We had no idea this was going on. We didn't have smartphones or anything like that. We were just enjoying the day. I think we went to Disney MGM Studios, if I recall. It was so long ago. But anyway, we got back to our hotel room at the Disney All-Star Sports Resort. Turned on the TV. And a report like this came on the news. A massive car bomb exploded outside of a large federal building in downtown Oklahoma City, shattering that building, killing children, killing federal employees, military men, and civilians. The chaos in downtown Oklahoma City did indeed resemble Beirut after what police believed to be a 1,200-pound car bomb ripped through the nine-story federal building shortly after 9 o'clock this morning. More than 500 people were already in their offices, and at least 50 children were in a daycare center on the second floor. The other big story of 1995 was the end of the trial of O.J. Simpson. You may recall in the last episode in last year that he had murdered Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman and had that infamous slow-speed chase on the freeway in Los Angeles. Well, on October 3rd, 1995, my parents' 25th wedding anniversary, the verdict came in the trial, and this happened in the courtroom. Mr. Simpson, would you please stand and face the jury? Mrs. Robertson. Superior Court of California, County of Los Angeles. In the matter of the people of the state of California versus Orenthal James Simpson, case number BA097211. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder in violation of Penal Code Section 187A, a felony upon Nicole Brown Simpson, a human being, as charged in count one of the information. The verdict then is now still remains controversial. There would be another trial involving O.J. Simpson, but that would be years down the line. We'll get to that when we come to it. There were the Dayton Accords in Dayton, Ohio that brokered a peace between Bosnia and the former Yugoslavian countries with which it had declared war. There was war that started in the Russian Autonomous Republic of Chechnya 
There was also the referendum on whether the province of Quebec could separate from Canada. As of 2019, going into 2020, the province of Quebec is still of a piece. You'll be glad to know. Unfortunately, there was an assassination in the news, and it was Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin. He was shot in Tel Aviv. He tried to do so much for peace, but like John F. Kennedy, Mahatma Gandhi, and others before him, he was assassinated mainly for the fact that he was trying to do good for the world, and somebody saw fit to end his life and thus his mission. Well, somebody who was planting bombs as a serial killer came to the news in 1995, or at least came to the national consciousness anyway, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Remember that image going viral before social media? There was some good news, though. The NHL lockout and the Major League Baseball strike ended. Forgot to mention in 94 that the NHL lockout began. All the focus was on the strike in Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball strike ended the end of March, while NHL's lockout ended sometime in mid-January, so there was about half a season. There are some noteworthy weather events, at least as far as my neck of the woods goes. On Memorial Day of 95, May 29th, a tornado hit Great Barrington, Massachusetts. No fatalities, from what I recall. And, of course, there was a derecho in the Adirondacks in the early hours of July 15, 1995, known as the Great Adirondack Blowdown, when a derecho hit the Adirondacks. There were some bursts in 1995. Windows 95, the starting sounder of which begins most every episode of this podcast, came into being in 1995. When we got our first computer with internet capabilities, that's what we had. That was the Windows 95. We later got Windows 98. We also had uh, some notable human births. Gigi Hadid, Israeli supermodel and actress. Missy Franklin, gold medal swimmer. Logan Paul, YouTube celebrity. 1995, this was the year the, kind of the grosser celebrities, quote-unquote, really came into being. Zach Levine, he wasn't gross. In fact, he's a great NBA player. Not one of the legends, but I remember him and Aaron Gordon in a legendary slam dunk contest a few years back. Andrew Wiggins, also in the NBA. Post Malone, rapper. Chase Elliott, son of Bill Elliott, was born in 95, NASCAR driver. Gabby Douglas, speaking of gold medalists, going back to that. A gold medal gymnast, actor Timothée Chalamet, was also born in 95. Joey Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. His grandpa was a gangster under Al Capone. The Griffin brothers, Shaquem and Shaquille. There's only one Shaq and that's me. Well, you got to share that honor with everybody there, Shaq. Alvin Kamara, the New Orleans Saints. Speaking of which, a little dip into Jason Sports Corner. That's 49ers Saints game. Oh, boy. I watched that yesterday afternoon. Did not go to Victorian Stroll because I would have... Hope you didn't hear that burp. I would have missed a dandy of a football game. Holy smokes. Dalvin Cook in the NBA was born in 95. Pat Mahomes, great quarterback. He and Deshaun Watson were also born in 95. Two young quarterbacks and great ones, too. Miles Garrett, well, he got into some infamy recently, you may recall, when he took off Mason Rudolph's helmet and clunked him with it earlier this season. Those were some of the noteworthy births of 1995, but unfortunately, as people are born, so must people also pass away. And there are a handful, two handfuls of them from 1995. 
By the way, before we get to the old bits, I just want to mention the play-in song here was named by Goo Goo Dolls. That was number eight on the Billboard Hot 100 chart at Christmas weekend of 1995. So on with the dead. Speaking of music, Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead. What an influential figure in music he was. Sometimes the light keeps shining on me. Yitzhak Rabin I mentioned earlier. He was assassinated. Sergei Grinkov, shocking death. Figure skater. He was with his wife Ekaterina Gordieva, and all of a sudden he collapsed, and that was the end for him. Legendary sportscaster Howard Cosell. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! The heavyweight champion is taking the mandatory eight count, and Foreman is as poised as can be in a neutral corner. Howard Cosell was previously employed in the legal profession before he decided to become a sportscaster. Gary Thorne, ditto, years later. Rose Kennedy, the mother of John F. Kennedy and Ted and Bobby, passed in 1995. Great actor Donald Pleasance. You may remember him from Halloween, too, and also Escape from New York. What did I teach you? You are a duke of New York. You're a hey number one. I can't hear you. Oh, I forgot, before we continue on with the old bits yet again, the internet became available to the public for the first time ever. As the host of a podcast, which is mainly distributed through the internet, you're welcome. Now back to death. Selena, she was shot. That was a tragic death. Lana Turner, legendary actress. A man born John William Minton, but he was best known to WWE fans of a certain vintage as Big John Studd. He went to the Great Square Circle in the Sky in 1995. Easy e rapper. Pancho Gonzalez. I put him in there because I remember for many years, one of my parents had a Pancho Gonzalez tennis racket hanging at the garage of our house. Gail Gordon passed away. He played Mr. Mooney on The Lucy Show. He was a great actor of radio and television. I started getting into I Love Lucy during this time, so I mentioned him in there too. Charlie Rich. Legendary country singer. Phil Harris. Back to radio. He was involved with Jack Benny. Dr. Jonas Salk. The man who helped bring about the polio vaccine. And the end of that dread disease. Can cancer be any far behind? Please. Ginger Rogers. Frequent dance partner of Fred Astaire. Elizabeth Montgomery. Star of Bewitched. I remember the first interview I did with Cease Beeston. Big shout to you Cease. Happy holidays to you and yours. I asked him was the first celebrity crush that he had. Elizabeth Montgomery was right up there. Frizz Freeling, the guy who animated many uh, Looney Tunes Merry Melodies short. Big part of my childhood and many others, too. Ava Gabor, darling. I remember her from Green Acres and the voice of Bianca from the Rescuers movie franchise. Okay, it was only two series, but what the heck. Wolfman Jack, hey, the Wolfman. Legendary DJ, passed in 95. Mickey Mantle. One of the greats of baseball in the New York Yankees. More on them later. Ida Lupino, great actress. William Kunstler, civil rights activist. Don Cherry, no, not the one who's gotten up recently. It was a jazz player named Don Cherry. Harold Wilson, former prime minister of Great Britain. Dean Martin, hey Dino, hey Frankie, how you doing? One of the Rat Pack, one of the coolest of the Rat Pack. Up there with Frank Sinatra and... Sammy Davis Jr. and assorted others. Butterfly McQueen, legendary actress. Shannon Hoon of Blind Melon passed in 1995. So young, too. 
Madeline Murray O'Hare rounds out this list. She was an activist for atheism. And those are the obits for 95. We get into pop culture to wrap it up. Major League Baseball, short season as we mentioned previously. The Atlanta Braves won their first and so far only World Series since their move to Atlanta in 1966. The San Francisco 49ers, their first championship since the 80s and their last to date. They might go for another one this year. Who knows? They defeated San Diego in that Super Bowl. The New Jersey Devils won their first ever Stanley Cup in the NHL, while the Houston Rockets won their second consecutive NBA championship and their last to date as well. NCAA football, Nebraska. This is when the Cornhuskers were an absolute ton in the mid-90s. UCLA won their last men's basketball championship to date in 1995. And going back to baseball for just a minute, the lock, no, not the lockout, the strike shortened season. Hello, no happy holidays, Earl Clark. The shortened Major League Baseball season, which began towards the end of April, saw some noteworthy moments. Hideo Nomo, the day after me and the rest of the family were up in Montreal for our, our annual trip to go see Les Expos, Hideo Nomo on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN made his debut. But the biggest story from the Diamond came on September 6th of 1995 when Baltimore Orioles shortstop Cal Ripken Jr. played his 2,131st consecutive game, breaking the Ironman streak held by Yankee shortstop Lou Gehrig. What began on May 30th, 1982, and continues September 6th, 1995. This game, with the Angels trailing, is now in the books. And let it be said that number eight, Cal Ripken Jr., has reached the unreachable star. But before the streak was officially broken, Cal Ripken Jr. also provided some magic of his own.
The Oscars that year, the best film of 1994 in the eyes of the Academy, was Forrest Gump, a controversial decision over Pulp Fiction, as I mentioned in the last episode. The top-grossing film of 1995, however, was Batman Forever, which grossed over $184 million at the U.S. box office. The best album of 95 was MTV Unplugged, Tony Bennett. Hey, baby, how you doing? Happy holidays to all the Keep It To Yourself podcast listeners, baby. I was sound like Bill Simmons toward the end. The best record at the Grammys was All I Want to Do by Sheryl Crow. So that, ladies and gentlemen, takes us out of 1995. We go back to 2019 and our third annual Holiday Shit Fest, which starts after some appropriate holiday music, please. In media res, you're right in the thick of it. All right, folks, it's Holiday Spectacular Part 1. Here's hoping we can get Part 2 in. We'll get that in a couple of days. We'll do like a little bonus episode for the listeners. But joining me right now, just the two of us, we can make it if we try, and we're going to. Why not? It's the holiday season. Ladies and gentlemen, new dad, my old friend, and making his fourth appearance on the Keep It To Yourself podcast, Mr. Adam Parada. Hey, hey, season's greetings, everybody. Season's greetings. Salute. Happy holidays. Merry New Year. I gotta have the record, don't I? Fourth you, appearance? Yeah, one more. We're gonna have you in the fifth timers club like you, uh... I don't oh, know yeah, if I you got, like, a blazer for me? <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna get that made in time for next Monday. Uh, uh, we'll good drop to be here. Down. Happy to be here, JB. Good to be here. Hometown for the holidays. Hometown. Just got in last night. Yeah. My flight in was a little different this time. I got a little guy, Will Rugrat, with me. Uh-huh. Two months old. Wesley Myers from Parada in the house. Oh, yeah. So, did you go double barrel with the last name, like hyphen? Or we did. We're late? very modern. We're very, so very you, woke. You, you, uh, whack, you, whack, you whack your way into it. That's right. I almost sound like I'm drunk already. He, I'm, the, he's, I'm the one drinking the <laughs> No, beer. that's vodka, Jay. You trying to say that's water? That's a pint of vodka <laughs> he got. Cafe, brother. Oh, but it's good to see you, buddy. Good to be around. I can't believe it's already almost Christmas again. That's crazy. It seems yeah. like a, uh, not a year ago that me and Perillo and who else was there? John Benway. Benway. Yeah, well, if you may recall, I re-released the episode. Perillo was absolutely... Uh, that was an infamous episode. <laughs> He got all oh, But I think, he, didn't we set the record for length of episodes? Yeah, between all the shit I did and all the shit we did, it was a shit fest par excellence. We went over two hours. So that was a while. That was just a year ago. Wow, that this seems is like it was going about to be three a much, months ago. This is going to be a much shorter affair, so... No, that's what you think. <laughs> well, what we did here is we decided to change it up. We're going to save the real shit fest for... Yeah, it's a little prelude. ...around Christmas week. I thought, and you thought I was going to take a break, listeners. Nope. Uh-uh. Santa Claus, give it. Santa Claus, take it away. <laughs> or they let the Krampus do it. I don't know. <laughs> well, does but, this count as coal in people's stocking? Is this a, well, this is going to be... Is this a, an extra gift? Well, this will be a stocking 
stuff or the real presents like going to come under the tree. Okay. So next week, so we'll call this epi- next week will be episode 95 and a half. Stocking stuffer. Bonus edition, if you will. Well, I texted you previously that we were going to do uh, when Santa Claus goes bad. So this is going to be uh, a short thing. But Santa Claus goes bad. All right. I figured that would be You're talking character. about when uh, Winthorpe dresses up as Santa Claus and turns around and that's the place. Smuggles out a side of smoked Sam and his beard? We talk about trading places enough on this right. show. Anyway, so before we do, uh, if a new listener I switch podcast providers, what are some of your holiday traditions, uh, both as kid and adult? And certainly they're going to have a change now that you got the little bugger in your life. Well, yeah, I guess we're, we, don't, we don't have any yet with the little guy, so he's half Jewish because Amy is a member of the tribe. Oh, yeah. So we don't we're having a little Hanukkah dinner tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to do some brisket and some latkes. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, Christmas is Christmas, so I don't really know. We're kind of, uh, you know, setting the setting the traditions right now. Yeah, again, the Feast of the Seven Fishes. Oh, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah. Certainly we're doing that. Uh, so the past couple of years we've been doing a feast. We never got seven. Uh, usually it's about five. So this year the, the menu is... We got smelts. Oh, yeah. And we, I got a deep fried. So I'm going beer batter, deep fried smelts. Uh-huh. Then we got uh, mussels and broth. Amy's making a little shrimp risotto. Oh. My mom's doing some stuffed fish, oh. uh, white fish, and then a calamar salad. We got socks. Which something Wesley might have a palate for uh, many years from now, but exactly. he can't be eating solid food. Well, he's going to eat a half Jewish, half Italian. He's going to eat good. <laughs> half Jewish, half Italian. You know? That's kind of a unique yeah. mix. He's going to be a good eater. Here's a unique mix. I'm I, and I'm uh, half Polish, half Native American. I'm Polish. Really? I'm Polish. So what are you? What are your Thanksgiving? Or, yeah, Thanksgiving. I'm a month behind. Christmas tradition. <laughs> well, I already did with a kid when. Well, we already said when you were a kid, but when I was a kid, we would sometimes we would go to my grandparents' house in North Adams. We attend evening mass on Christmas Eve, and then we go back to my grandma's house have a big feast. All okay. relatives, all the cousins crammed into a tiny house. This is house. when you were a kid. Yeah. Let me ask you this: When you were at the mass. Your whole, your whole, you must not have been able to pay attention at all because you're so excited about what presents you're going to get. Oh, right? yeah. Well, I remember that. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, my Christmas traditions were make my Christmas list uh-huh. and then figure out and then revise it and then figure out what present and then be so excited that you can't go to sleep about because it's like everything you ever wanted. You were like any other kid. You were no different than any other kid. Well, I would be pretty excited. It was, be hard. It was hard to go to sleep even for me. And then we wake up Christmas morning, we open the presents about 7 or 8 o'clock, which okay. is a lot different than we do it now. Now right. it's like we, we notice do it later in the right. day. Company comes over about 10, 11 o'clock. Okay. We'll uh, have dinner. Like, I think last year we had dinner. The first year we had dinner, then open presents, then we flippy floppy. Yeah, we do the post dinner present open. Interesting. I like it. Yeah, then we just went back to normal. It was normal service resumed last year. We okay. were trying to figure things out because my mom had died years ago. Right, right. And then we're back to normal service resume, and I assume it's going to be the same this year. Nice. So uh, we're going to have prime rib for dinner at Bowling Ooh, House. Ooh, very good. It used to be turkey or ham. Now yep. we're going to prime rib. Ah, I like it. I like it. Who does the cooking? Your dad? My dad helps out, but my sister's going to bring something. Okay. My sister's a good cook, too. Back in Thanksgiving, we went to North Downs, went to my dad's partner's house. 
Since last I spoke, you listened. My uh, dad had a little partner in his life now. Okay, right. And we celebrated at her house in North Adams. Nice. And my sister made the cranberry sauce. This is not stuff you get in a can. Yes, the homemade cranberry homemade sauce. Stuff. Yeah. Little, the cranberries were a little tart, good. but it was very good stuff. That's man. very good. You know, Amy makes that. Yeah. She, she, she makes that. She made so for Thanksgiving. We had we were in, we were at home in LA, and we had a whole big group of people, family, uh, and Amy made. What did she make? She makes cran uh, cranberry sauce and uh, fennel gratin. Rotten, or you, I'm not sophisticated enough to pronounce it correctly. Uh, but we had about 20 different things, and we had a real international flair to it because Amy's sister-in-law is Chinese, so her family was there, and then her sister-in-law's brother-in-law is Turkish, and his family was there. So it was a chi Chinese, uh, Chinese Turkish... Jews and one Italian. I was the one Italian. So. You were the token genie. So yeah, so it was good. We had, a, we had a lot of good stuff. You didn't have like Paul Sorbina going like slicing, making That was me. Like, I was yeah, yeah, I like, had to do it. kind of for the raise of the garlic. Like, yeah. Don't put too much onions in the sauce. So much like the first Thanksgiving we had, you know, Chinese and Turkish people there. We had some baklava. Oh. Much like the Pilgrims did. There but anyway, go. it was good, yeah. Speaking of Gombas, rest in peace Danny Aiello. Oh, that's right. I forgot he passed. I, he was in. I remember he, he played Sal and Do the Right Thing. I don't think I he just was watched Do the Right Thing a couple weeks ago for the first time in a long time. He's the pizza shop. He's the pivotal guy in the whole movie. Yeah. He's just trying to have a pizza shop. Yeah. Well, oh, did you see, speaking of Italian, so did you see The Irishman? I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. You haven't had five hours to spare? You're supposed to treat that like a mini series. Mandalorian, this ain't. <laughs> Did you? I haven't watched that. Like, I don't get what's that on Apple Plus. Mandalorian's on uh, Disney Plus now. Disney Plus. Ah, yeah. I haven't got that. Well, speaking of Christmas, my brother-in-law's going to see Star Wars for the second time, but this time he's going to take my nephew with me tomorrow. Okay, nice. All right, this will be a long. This will be. I'll be long over by the time this episode gets released. I'll have to do it quickly. So, let's get to our main topic now that we've uh, messed around too much. We're gonna. Get to Santa when Santa Claus gets naughty, uh, you know. All right, you know, he's about right. you know, I see a mugshot of somebody. Uh -huh. well, we'll see Intrigued later. about where this is going. Okay, well, this. All right, we're going to start with our first story here. This is from California, not where you live. Is it me? Angeles, but oh, I thought that was North me. Thank goodness it's not you. We wouldn't be having this all episode. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, story number one. We'll just break it down here. You can just chime in wherever you want. This is a short one. All right. Even though Christmas is over, Santa Claus is still giving out presents. According to a press release from the Seaside Police Department, a 57-year-old Monterey Peninsula man was arrested today after packaging and handing out marijuana to customers and staff at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Seaside. The man claimed to be That's Santa. the most NorCal story I've ever heard. <laughs> right. This comes from somebody who lives in Monterey. Yeah. The man claimed to be Santa Claus and said the pot was a gift to the recipient. Okay. Customers, that's, that's him right there. Yeah. He kind of looks like Sam. I should probably put the link. Yeah, we'll go multimedia with that. Yeah, put the link on the Facebook page. Actually, wait, is that DeRossi? Is that Jeff DeRossi? <laughs> he lives up there, right? That, that might like be DeRossi, actually. In 20 years, maybe. <laughs> Customers of the popular sports bar called police just after four. All right. Having a little difficult time here, folks, for the audience. But anyway. Customers of the popular sports bar called police just after 4 p.m. after Randy Lang was allegedly seen wrapping marijuana in napkins and handing it out to people inside the restaurant. 
Lang also allegedly gave one employee a napkin filled with pot and stuffed a large amount inside the bar's tip jar. What was the last part? Says Lang also allegedly gave one employee a napkin filled with pot and stuffed a large amount inside the bar's tip jar. I mean, and he got arrested? Yeah, he got pinched for it. The guy right here, that's what, that's what Lang happened. Was arrested, that's right. Lang was arrested for furnishing marijuana. When police searched Lang's duffel bag and backpack, they allegedly found five football-sized amounts of pot weighing in at over two pounds. Oh, okay. So I think, I don't know, I, I'm not a big weed guy, but I think the rule, the law in California is like, you can have weed, but you can't have that much weed. Probably, probably have it for medical reasons. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm he very went, square, I don't know. Sergeant Nicholas Moorhead said he went in and had a few beers and was walking around. <laughs> Den yeah. Sergeant Moorhead denying he was harshing Santa's mellow. He told me he likes giving out marijuana. I have never experienced anything like this, end quote. Lang was being held by Seaside Police. Wow. Well, I guess, now when was this from? Was this recent? January 5th, 2015. So okay. five years ago. Almost. So he's probably the mayor up there by now. His <laughs> political career got off I the good All right, now this one looks like it's from the Daily Mail. Is this a, a British weed story? Well, this is from or the British US, Santa US version of the Daily Mail. Oh, the US version. This, this is from England, so the, the yeah. wording can be a bit difficult. Okay. But somebody, you had been to London in a past life. You had studied a broad program at Syracuse. International guy, so yeah. All right, well, I know. Here we go. This is from 10 years ago. Okay. So, what, ten years ago Monday, I mean, in fact. When Father Christmas, Santa Claus, strolled into the bank holding a sack, customers thought they might be in for a few surprises. Wait, holding a sack? Holding a sack. Or his sack. Sorry, it's getting R-rated here. All right, so he's holding a sack. Not, you know, not the, you know, not sack his sack. All right, all right, all right. And in England, you go to jail for that. They're very polite over there. Right there. Yeah. But this sinister Santa felt it was better to receive than give, whipping out a gun and demanding cash. Wow. No surprise I am. All right. The six-foot robber, picture left. The six-foot robber escaped with an undisclosed sum after claiming he needed the money because he had to pay his elves. Well, <laughs> you don't know Santa Claus is uh, a I mean, he's got a big owner. payroll, and now, you know, they got a, he's got benefits for them. They're yeah. probably unionized now. <laughs> and you know Hermie the Elf, that's why he wanted yeah. to be a dentist and Rudolph the Red Nose right yes. here. He just couldn't take the working conditions. I mean, you know, it's no joke. You got a minimum wage, minimum elf wage. Just in case anyone was worried, however, that the real Father Christmas had turned criminal, his getaway vehicle proved to be a gray car rather than a sleigh pulled by reindeer. So Santa drove a getaway car rather than a sleigh. Uh, and, and, the, and the wheel was on the other side. We got Richard's team's got to go. Yeah, man. Trying to tell. He's up the tab here. Alright, well back to our story at the end Savages over here, Jay. Santa asked Chris Saturday before Christmas brings it out. He went to the front of the teller line, the Santa did. The queue, I think they call it. The queue. He went in front of the tenner queue and started asking for money and putting it in the bag. It was a little unbelievable. He was actually jovial, which is scary. As quote. After loading up his sack of money, the man fled the building. Customer Jimmy Edwards said he had the whole outfit on, even the shoes. I laid down as soon as he walked in and pulled that gun out. And we mean an actual gun. If you think wow. we're talking, you know, 
the old mistletoe. You're wrong. <laughs> That's I was, interesting. I was just wondering if he was going to be stupid enough to hurt somebody, but once he started getting what he wanted, I could see what he, he was going to leave. Why am I speaking with a British accent? It's like this is like it's, it's more immersive this way. I like it. Well, this is Daily Mail US version rather than the... Yeah, but I, in my mind, the story's happening in, like, right. some little town in England. Yeah, more something like that. Part, no one, well, you can tell where this was. This was at a uh, bank in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, okay, the wrong accent, okay. Somehow I got this. Well, what if it was a British Santa in Nashville, Tennessee? That would be very funny. No, it would. It'd be weird. So this story, okay, so now this story makes more sense. Right. It's more meth involved. All right, well, now that the guy, I'm going to redo this here. He had the whole outfit on, even the shoes. I laid down the shoes, he walked in and pulled that. Now it makes a lot more sense. I was just wondering if he was going to be stupid enough to hurt somebody, but once he started getting what he wanted, I could say he was going to leave, end quote. No one was hurt during the robbery, thank heavens, and police have not released how much money was taken. So he got away? Yeah. Wow. The FBI has confirmed they are investigating the robbery. Wow. Maybe he's the same guy. (laughs) Maybe. FBI agent Scott Algenbaum said an individual about six feet tall dressed up as Santa Claus robbed the Sun Trust Bank. Hey, Agent, we know that already. We just went all through it. Yeah, that was the whole part of this. And, of course, in 2003, Billy Bob Thornton starred in the movie Bad Santa about a con man and his partner... Maybe it was just viral Santa. marketing for Bad Santa. Maybe. Well, six years Well, six years after the movie. Or six years after. Bad Santa 2, maybe. Maybe for the DVD release. Yeah, about a con man and his partner who dressed up as Santa and a little helper around the apartment store. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, well, here's a picture of the Saint. Wow, here's a picture of the Saint Nick. This is what he looks like. Where is she? He's got the Oh, my gosh. Out I think that is Winthorpe. I think that's Louis Winthorpe. <laughs> He wasn't robbing Duke and Duke charitable. He was one Duke. Imagine that, though. Imagine that story if it was in the paper. Uh, A a recently fired commodities trader was arrested for breaking into his company's Christmas party (laughs) and stealing a side of smoked salmon (laughs) and wielding a gun (laughs) throughout the lobby, and then getting on a bus. You know, that would make a great plot point in a 1983 movie starring yeah. Dan Murphy. And yeah, yeah, much like Dan Murphy the movie. I may as well be the one. Uh, that vodka's getting to me. I'm glad I took uh, it yeah, over of vodka here. you got. So, like, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen that movie this whole year. I know, you've been busy with the kids, understandable. No, you know what? I watch more TV than I ever did, because I, oh, yeah. I can't go anywhere, but I still haven't seen it. Well, All right, what's the next one? Well, this one, well, this one is truly international. It does not take place in the United States. Right. This is our first foreign one. What do we got? Says, Brazilian oh, police hunt right. Santa Claus who stole Sao Paulo helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Rio de Janeiro from Reuters. Brazilian police are hunting for a Sao Paulo Santa Claus who kicked off the Christmas shopping season by stealing a helicopter. That sounds like a Mad Libs. Like if you just Mad Libs the headlines again. <laughs> it's like pick a city, a vehicle, you know, a... a, a, a Character and a crime and a vehicle. Oh, yeah. So he stole the child. All right, give me the second paragraph. All right. The thief rented the aircraft last Friday from an air taxi service at the Campo Marte Airport in Sao Paulo for a Black Friday surprise, end quote. The Sao Paulo State Security Secretary, how that for a little This is the weirdest story I've ever heard. Said on Saturday. Well, wait, you can just rent a helicopter? Man, apparently so. Or at least, at least they said that to cover him up. During the flight, the Santa Fort. Wait, so he was dressed as Santa 
like while he got on the plane. I feel like the pilot should have known something was up when he Yeah, me too. During the flight, the Santa forced the pilot to fly to a small farm outside of Sao Paulo City where they were met by a third person, the Secretariat said. What was the third person dressed up as? One of the, the elves. Easter Bunny? One of the elves, maybe. <laughs> After several hours, the pilot managed to escape and alert police. There has been no, no sign of, of the, the helicopter, a Robinson Model 44 authority Day. said. I think somebody just mad lives that story. I think so. But I like it. I like it. Yeah, I just had, I just personally told it. I didn't want to look on my phone. I, I oh, it's in the this. oddly enough section of, of Royce. <laughs> okay. News of the weird. Wow. Well, I don't know if this is Santa-related, but this is tangential, but I figured I'd get your take on it. From the Washington Post, the fi- one of the finest papers there has ever been. This Second only to Bill O'Donnell's Wilton Report. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It was a, that's an inside reference if ever there was any. All right. Well, this is kind of Santa tangential. The teacher who debunks it's one thing when Santa robs, but it's another thing when he his myth gets debunked. It was a month before Christmas, and all through the class, no first grader saw this coming. Not a lie this fast. An essay had been written by a child with care, calling Santa real. Soon he'd be there. Quit writing poems and focus on democracy dying in the darkness, Washington. Seriously, come on. Now the rhyme scheme changes. Oh, they're just going right to it. But their substitute teacher cannot be aloof, so she chose to dish out some hard truths. Doesn't even step this a is, Yeah, this is very Saint Nick isn't real, she told them, nor the elf on the shelf, nor leprechaun, the tooth fairy, or the Easter bunny, and then they really got away with the right. This is team. like it was written by somebody who writes for the Washington Post. This is, this is rap Katie, written by a journalist. Katie Metier, if you're listening, big shout to you. Happy mm-hmm. holidays. You wrote this. But there, Renee Rothar, superintendent of schools in Montville, New Jersey, told NJ.com about the incident that outraged parents last week and put her district in the national spotlight. She said she proceeded to debunk all of it. She, meaning the teacher. Wait, what happened? Well, I read it out of order. So uh, she proceeded to debunk all of it. Renee Rothkar, superintendent of schools in Montville, New Jersey, okay. told NJ.com about the incident. Blah, 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 blah. In a letter to parents who flooded online forums to share their children's duress, Cedar Hill School Principal Michael J. Raj there's a fake name. Yeah. Wrote that he had spoken with the identified teacher, unidentified, regarding her poor judgment in making this proclamation. I keep slurring my words. I'm going to end up like Perillo in last year's episode. <laughs> All right, go on. Wait. On. Did this teacher say Santa wasn't real? I have to find out, man. What? As a father of four myself, I am truly aware of the sensitive nature of this announcement, Raj said in the letter, which was shared with the Washington Post, and that's why you have while we're reading this. The principal had written to parents that they would be, quote, aware of the situation and able to, quote, take appropriate steps to maintain the childhood innocence of the holiday season (laughs) at home. Yeah, sure, bud. Yeah. In a statement, Rokar added, the childhood wonder associated with the all holidays and traditions is something I personally hold near and dear in my own heart. And why would you not? Also, what are they even talking about? Santa is real. Well, we'll, we'll get in deep oh, into it. I keep here. stepping on the, the punchline. All right. Yeah. Rokar told the Post that after the Santa matter, the substitute no longer works for the district. There you go. Citing as a personal matter, Rothar declined to clarify whether the teacher resigned or was fired. Or had to deliver toys to all the girls and boys in the world. There you go. How about that for Take a twist? This. That would be a great plot for that a reboot of the Santa Claus. How Club about that? Today. Yeah. Less rockets in here That now, would be quite a... Yeah. It's gotten over. a little more civilized. All right. Move over, War on Christmas. It's time to fight the War on Santa. 
This Yuletide predicament is not isolated to New Jersey. During the Cape Coral Festival of Lights in Florida, a man with a large sign walked around shouting, there's no Santa Claus. And I mean, if you can't rely on the Cape Coral Festival of Lights in Florida, for wholesome fun. What can you yeah. rely on? Where, where are we even Where are we even doing? Where are we even doing? Pack it in. After Zach Shepard and Kristen Bell told Us Weekly that they decided to inform their daughters ages three and five, so nowhere near in uh, Wesley's peer group. That Santa is pretend? Oh, you looked ahead. <laughs> No, that was the next line. But that Santa is quote unquote pretend. You hit it on the nail. You hit the nail on the head, eh? And on Fox News, so you know this is trouble. This week, Sean Hannity, there we go, made the tension a topic of debate on two separate segments. It's been a slow news week. It must have been holiday news dump if there was any. Across the country, in schools and at home, holiday spirit is approaching its annual surge. Depending on their age, children are penning letters to Santa about his list or conducting handwriting analyses of gift labels under You know, that's, that always was interesting to me, that Santa was left-handed, like much like my mom. And my mom had to sign a lot of, like, permission slips, and when I was bad, yeah. notes from my teacher. Oh. And Santa had the same leftward-leaning script. Oh. Cursive. So I always knew something was up. And I'll leave it there. I don't want to... I don't want to... You know, do what this teacher did. But I'm yeah. just saying, Sanda's handwriting looked a lot like my mom's. It was weird. Oh, yeah. So, moving on here. Across... And with Christmas near... Oh, wait. Some are believers, others are skeptics. And with Christmas so near, the adults in their lives are faced with a legitimate conundrum. Mm. Whose job is it to break the news about the big guy with the beard? Not me or he, not me uh, or you. What news? I say what news? <laughs> and how do you keep the magic alive for some children when the magic was never there for others? Indeed, just like the parents, the teacher's credibility is on the line in these situations, wrote David Kyle Johnson, serial killer, <laughs> an associate professor of psychology at King's College in Psychology Today. Dr. Johnson continues, if the teacher knowingly lies to one student about Santa, but another student knows that Santa is not real, the other student may justifiably worry that the teacher is an idiot or is lying about other yeah. subjects. Interesting. That is a little interesting. Yeah. Johnson, who is best known for his strong belief that adults should be truthful with children about the existence of Santa Claus, this this is going to be you one day with little Wesley. Just know that going in. You and Amy should uh, take yeah. heed. Argued in his article on Hannity's second segment, and on Hannity's second segment, that he supports a parent's right to choose how to raise their children. He wrote, a teacher intentionally co-opting such a decision unprompted doesn't seem right, end quote. I agree. But, and this is where a psychological angle comes in, he does not believe a teacher is obligated to promote falsehoods on behalf of a child's parents. Johnson wrote, teachers have an obligation to give their students true and factual information. If a parent decides to lie to their children about something, it's not a teacher's fault when that child comes to them as their student and asks for the truth, even if it is about Santa. All right. I don't think I ever thought to ask my teacher about it. I was too busy getting in trouble. Oh, yeah. You were too busy? Yeah. yeah. I was too busy in trouble, too. I never even broached the topic. Where did you go for elementary? Did you go? Were you in... Uh, uh, I was the guy who rode, then I transferred. I finished off at this Division Street School. Okay. All right, well, they just go on with the Johnson just well, that's an, That is an interesting uh, uh, sort of ethical conundrum. 
Well, Santa Truthers here. I mean, they just go on with the Santa Truthers, so we'll, it's best we end it there. Because I tried to convince, I spent 90% of my time in middle school convinc trying to convince my mom that teachers were liars. <laughs> and so, that would have been helpful to me. I'd be like, they told me that Santa was Oh, yeah. And for, all right, well, here's a fun little one we can right. end on right here, because we've, uh, we've gone almost a half hour here. Nowhere near the marathon session of last time. This is close to your neck of the woods. Santa Claus Burglar on the Loose. Okay. Simple headline. Dateline Studio City. Oh, yeah. It's right near me. The Los Angeles Police Department is asking for the public's help to locate a burglary who has been... A burglary? Who has been... And a burglary, you mean. <laughs> who has been targeting homes in Studio City. I don't know. This was not the Los Angeles Times, folks. This was some website. <laughs> Between November 28th and December 3rd, this was two years ago. Two years ago. A suspect wearing a scarf and a Santa Claus hat knocked on the front door or rang the doorbell of various homes throughout Studio City. The LAPD blog, not their Facebook page, reported that when no one answered the door, the suspect gained entry to the backyard of the home, would smash a rear patio sliding door or back window and enter the home. Wow. Don't you guys have ring doorbells? Come on, man. Get yeah, yeah, I think that, that was two years ago. That was kind of before those were, you know, prevalent. One of my relatives got that. One of, I found one oh, of my yeah. relatives. I visited them earlier this See, year. See, I think I don't, I don't, it falls under the heading of me of like, I don't need to know everything that's going on. Right. Me neither. You're you right. know what I mean? Let the, the, yeah, the feel like just let I the, only the, imagine the, what weirdo stuff happens on the street that oh, I don't yeah. know about. I don't need to know about it. where you're from. Anyway. Once inside, the suspect stole cash, jewelry, safes, and firearms before leaving. He was rolling for bear, wasn't he not? Wow. In the video, it shows the suspect utilizing a flashlight as he scoured the home once inside. Police reported a getaway driver has been seen in a dark sedan waiting at each home that was burglarized. Was it dressed as a reindeer? Maybe. Was it like... It was a team of get of twelve getaway drivers, <laughs> and they were <laughs> they had antlers and fur. Oh yeah, I've seen those. I, I don't yeah. know if that's a thing around Los Angeles, but here in the Northeast, here in Saratoga, especially in the New York capital region, I've seen those on the highways and byways. People pimp out their cars for Christmas. Oh, oh, I saw Even somebody like today with a wreath on the front of the car. Yeah, that's nice. But what really gets me? I interrupt the store here. We're just we're just going with the flow here. But what really gets me is when. They dress it up as a ring, as like Rudolph. I'm like the whole not, car is Rudolph. Yeah, they, oh, just, yeah, they got the, the antlers on the yeah. on the driver's on the driver's side window. They got yeah. the red nose on the grill, and they well, still keep it on each year. I'm like, well, we'll just leave the nose on the grill. We'll put the antlers on when Christmas comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Let's I'm not right. be ridiculous. We'll, we'll put the antlers on. Yeah. Remember one time this on the north way, a couple of times. This is getting around Hanukkah. Back to your uh, partner for a yeah. second. Shalom. There you go. Happy Hanukkah yeah. to those in the Mosaic persuasion. There's a, there are a few times I see a car go by with a menorah on top of the roof, and it was from the Saratoga Chabad. <laughs> oh. Well, like, remember Louis Missouri? Oh, yeah. He's so, a big shot in Erie, Erie County now. Yeah. With, uh, he, back in the day, had a... Somehow he was able to, to rig up his car to have Christmas lights in his car. <laughs> and he, I think he used... Uh, remember the cars used to have the cigarette light? Oh, yeah. You could use that as a power source. And oh, yeah. he literally had it. I think he kept it around all year for all year for like a year, year and a half. Wow. He had Christmas lights all in his car. Wow. The problem was it makes your car a little bit. It draws the attention of people, including oh, yeah. law enforcement. And if, <laughs> you know, 
You're going to be driving around like an idiot half the time. It's not great. We got pulled over a lot in it. But it was, I'll tell you, it was a scientific achievement. Well, so. well, I don't know if scientific achievement doing, going from that to being the assistant district attorney of Erie County, I mean, New York, and Buffalo, back to his native Buffalo. Yeah. I haven't talked to him in years, but he must be a good DA because everything anybody would have ever tried to do, he'd probably done it five <laughs> times. He got away with it. So. And, our class, and he was our class president, too, was. on top of all that. He was. All right, back to the story here. The suspect is described as an 18 to 25-year-old African-American male. Yo, why the guy be black? He stands 5 feet and 10 inches tall, weighs around 140 to 160 pounds, and has a tattoo around his right jawline. And that's where I'm going to end it here because... Okay, so these are all unsolved. Or no, the one the guy got arrested for giving away. The guy in the first story got pinched. So I guess the moral of the story is if you're going to commit a crime, don't give away weed. Commit robbery. Or don't dress as Santa no matter how brilliant the cover you think it is. (laughs) Unless you're at like SantaCon. Do they do SantaCon up there? Well, we have one in Sarah. Well, I've always wanted to do it, but I've never had like an ugly Christmas sweater. This is. I'm like, uh, I just have this. I've had this for a while yet, but I don't really know the full name of suit. No, because in New York, oh yeah, I noticed yet. Ah, I like it. Oh yeah, well you don't see it. I've had this for a few years now. I like it. Close to an ugly Christmas. Nice, nice. What's it say on it? Don't Don't stop. Oh, I like it. All right, nice. Don't stop believing like he was Journey. (laughs) That might be uh, Rick Perry, or not Rick Perry. Steve Perry. Rick Perry. Rick Perry, Perry, Steve, former governor of Texas. Perry Mason. so, you know, when, so when I used to come here before I was a father, oh, yeah. I would fly into NYC and hang out with my buddy for the weekend. Oh, yeah. And this, whatever weekend it was, always happened to be SantaCon. Oh, yeah. So you'd be out minding your business and there'd be, you know, and all of a, sudden, a bunch of dweebs dressed as Santa. Yeah, I did a whole episode. But you of... never knew who the real Santa was, so you could yeah. never be mean to them. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I did a whole episode where I just did a deep dive into SantaCon. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was a solo episode, not like what we're doing right now. Go back to episode 64. I re-released that about last week, so that's for the listeners. So, so are you at a... Wait, did I ask you this? Are you at 100 yet? I'm nearing it. This is episode 95.1. Oh, well, 95, 95 and a half will drop over the holidays. I'll release that so bonus do you, you, don't, you don't have to give it away, but do you have a... For the centennial episode, do you have a... Big plan of some sort, or um, it's top secret. I don't have. You got something going. On. I got something cooked up my sleeve, but uh, I want to enjoy the holidays because this is yeah, going to yeah, come yeah. out sometime early in 2020. Man, hard to believe. Get the flying cars in here already, man. Seriously, but we I never know. thought we'd live this long. I know. All right. Well, it's going to be weird to write. Like, well, I guess you never really have to write the. You know, who writes checks these days? Seriously. It's true. But when you do, it is weird. You know, like if you ever have to sign something. Oh, yeah. It's like 20 will be weird. Well, the, the weird thing to me is 2000. Like, I remember 2000. So do, as do That's I. 20 years ago. Hard to believe, man. Right? The path we trod. Well, on that rather plaintive surrealist note, I want to thank my guest, Adam Parada, for making his fourth appearance. On and the I guess my fifth will be very your, soon. Your fifth will be very soon. So um, do you have any... Uh, Holiday greetings. You want to impart uh, to the listeners while you're here? Not really. I'll save it for. I'll save it to. Uh, save it for ninety five. Yeah. Save it for ninety five yeah. and a half. I don't want to give away too. I don't want to show too much leg. Maybe I think we do like a. No. Maybe I can share this. I don't know if I want to share the same stories with the rest of with the other part of the group. But no, I think we'll have plenty to talk about with that. Group. Yeah, we could just do like a year in review show. Yeah. Hopefully, I could do a little yeah. better and with. 
I don't know. Do you think Burrell's going to... I know this is personal conversation keeping into a public forum, but... That's, I want, that's the think, best conversation. Uh, MJ Arillo Pay will uh, make, <laughs> make an appearance? Will he be Obersay on uh, <laughs> Oddcast Pay? Eat Hay, Edder Pay. No, but Edder you know pay. what he did was... It came out great. I thought that came out great. I yeah, despite, was... the, uh, despite the fact that it was a loud... Yeah, was but... A, a loud venue with the Henry Street Tap Room, and B, I had snuck out to go to the bathroom because things had gotten a bit uh, off the rails. But Jay... The best art is made the closest to chaos. That's right. And that's what I'll leave the listeners with. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we wrap up the second-to-last podcast before Christmas. My thanks to Adam Parada. It's not goodbye. It's I'll, We'll see you next week. And to all the listeners, we'll do the same. Sorry I broke that promise of taking a week off, but one more before Christmas, I promise. They won't so, be mad at you. They won't be mad. They no. won't care in the slightest. They'll be uh, with their families. They won't even know it. All right, folks, from Druthers in Saratoga Springs, happy holidays, and we'll talk to you soon. Well, there you have it, folks. That is episode number 95 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, and also the last show of 2019 and the decade of the 2010s. When next I speak to you, it'll be the year 2020. Holy fucking shit. Still find it hard to believe, man. Get the flying cars in here already, for Christ's sake. Well, either way, I hope you enjoyed this episode. But before I go, I got to get one last round of podcast shout-outs. And I got to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to my pod family. No episode of the Sportscaster this week, but Happy Holidays just the same to Steve Bennett and family out there in the suburbs of Buffalo, New York. From Western New York to Northern California, the Break It Down show. A lot of great guests, including, but by no means limited to, Dr. David Viaki giving straight talk for veterans. PA Turn is a lot of stuff. A lot of interviews about veterans. And also Matt Balaker, a book about the late comic Greg Giraldo. And of course, greetings from Allentown. Peter Winston, an episode of WWF Monday Night Raw, one of the earlier episodes. In fact, from April 5th of 1993, the day after WrestleMania 9. So happy holidays to Pete, Steve, and Pete. <laughs> Not Nickelodeon in the 90s. I have some final thoughts on 2019 as we... This has been quite a year for me, quite a year for the nation, the world. I'm recording this on December 19th, 2019, the day after the impeachment of you-know-who. And the trial's going to start early next year, but I don't want politics to spoil a good time here. I certainly hope you enjoy the episode and all the episodes I put out. And when the mood strikes this holiday season, I'm not going to go away entirely, maybe, but don't be surprised if I do. And also, don't be surprised if I wind up digging up some episodes that were on Podbean and replay those. Kind of a best of 2019, if you will. So year in retrospective of sorts. Some of the best episodes I've done this past year. So look for that during the holiday break if you've nothing better to do. At this point, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank the people I had as guests on this podcast in the past year. So at this time, I would like to thank those of you who were on the podcast for 2019. You know who you are, but I'm going to mention you anyway. This list includes but is in no way limited to the following. Jeff DeRossi, Dan Hash, Mackenzie Holmes, Derek Pedrick, Adam Parada, Aaron Scott, Frank Sicari, Heidi Sicari, and that's it. That's the list. All I could think of. If you were left out, I humbly apologize. I just couldn't remember your name offhand. Don't take it personal. Don't put a call in my stocking, as it were. 
Thanks for your support and taking time out to be a guest in this podcast, however brief it was. Frank Sicari appeared twice on this podcast. So did Mackenzie, but that's a whole other story for another time. It's been a great year for this podcast. I look forward to more adventures and good ones in 2020. What with the election for president coming up in that? Oh boy, get ready for a bruising campaign. I thought you weren't going to talk politics anymore. Well, I'm done. I've had my fill. I'm sure you've had too. And so I just want to say in closing, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, five-star rating, good write-up. That would help me out. You can also listen on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, the TuneIn app, Podbean, at least for now anyway. And your podcatcher, wherever it is you catch podcasts. I mean, what other purpose would they have? Let's be honest about this. And so that'll be it for 2019 and the 2010s. I got Otis the Wonder Dog at my side. And so on his behalf, as well as those here at Bullet House in the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York, we wish you all a very happy and safe holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Blessed Kwanzaa. You know, tip top tet. A solemn and respectful Ramadan. All the best to you and your families in the year ahead. Salud. And as always and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. See you in 2020, everyone. God bless. Sit. Good dog. <laughs> Merry Christmas!